Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on The Work. I'm Susan Littlefield. We know that there's a big report that's coming out tomorrow. We know that there's a lot of uh, fingers in the pot as they wait to see what these numbers say. We also know there's going to be that knee-jerk reaction at the very beginning of that report. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we can expect. But of course, obviously, everything depends on what the numbers have to say. But more importantly, the speculators. We're seeing some liquidation going on then for the first time since August is what Sean Hackett told me. And he is on the phone with us. He's with Hackett Financial Advisors. And so let's start talking, Sean, about these speculators. Liquidation that's going on right now. How do you see that affecting our trade? Well, you know, I mean, at some point when you get everyone leaning on one side of the boat, eventually they decide they are in the wrong place. And so we've had this big buildup of speculator positions in corn and soybeans as a percentage of open interest. I think we set our tied records of all time. So, so that's, you know, that's been the situation. And usually when you go into the springtime and we switch from southern hemisphere growing conditions uh, season to the uh, northern hemisphere growing season, uh, this is an ideal time for the market to take a break, liquidate. We're going to have a big crop, all kinds of acres. We're going to have a huge, you know, trend line yields above trend line yields. I mean, this is the time everybody gets bound up that we're going to have this big crop. Remember last year, we were talking about 3.3 billion bushels of corn uh, around this time, and of course that didn't quite turn out that way for the bears. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's a reason for the speculators to sell and, and, and offer kind of a big break uh, into, the, uh, you know, into the late spring season. And we're starting to see that happen now, um, not only in grain markets, but in, in, across the board, we're starting to see a lot of liquidation in ag markets right now. When you look at that liquidation that's going on, how much nervousness should we have amongst it? I think it's just normal ebb and flow, Susan. I mean, this, you know, speculators come in and speculators come out. You know, I would say I would be more concerned, you know, if, if we really had what I'd call uh, a, a fundamental reason for uh, this downturn to be more sinister, which I do not believe is the case. I just think it's just we got just we got too bulled up. We got too many speculators in and it's just time for a pause. It's actually healthy to clear the decks, reset prices, reset the, uh, the speculator positions and get in a better spot uh, so that we get into the drought cycle that we see coming here. Um, that we have that firepower from speculators to come back in and drive our markets back up here into July. So, so we think it's actually a healthy, and it also gives our livestock producers a chance to buy some, some feed that they've been wanting to do for quite some time. So you know, we got to make sure the other side you know, stays healthy too. And, and very much so. You know, We talk about that, and we kind of sometimes forget we get so focused on you know what's going on on the grain side, we forget sometimes the spinoff side of the prices for the livestock producer. Absolutely, I mean you know we we've had a rip roaring market since August, and, and you know the, the the livestock producers have been chasing his feed price for a long time, and you know we think we're going to get a good opportunity on a nice break on this liquidation for those guys to say, all right, maybe maybe I got caught a little bit last August, I didn't quite. Had my coverage where I needed, but I think you can get a window of opportunity to extend that coverage, get your feed, you know, your cash feed needs met, and, and get yourself in a better spot economically with your feed price, so that you can uh, you, know, you have a better outlook going forward. And, and that is important. If we if we don't let the livestock producer make money, then they then they're not going to buy as much feed and, and do what they what we want them to do on the feed side. So it it is a symbiotic relationship, and it's been one sided on grains, but we do need to let the other side catch up. 
So looking to this report for tomorrow, how much uh, pressure are we going to see in the overnight trade and the early morning numbers before 11 o'clock central? Well, you know, I mean, I think at this point, Susan, after today's liquidation, I think for the most part, everyone who's wanted to sell has sold, everybody who's wanted to buy has bought. I mean, I, I think the market's kind of squared itself. So it probably just kind of a two-sided trade um, into the market. And then, and then, of course, we just get the report. We get the reaction. We see if, if, if there's a number that pops up that's really out, outlandishly uh, you know, different than we were looking for and, and see if there's an opportunity in the volatility to do something smart. But I, I really think we're going to have more flash markets from here on out given what happened the last couple of days with the liquidation. You know, everybody seems to, to get nervous ahead of these reports, but this is one that's, I think, built a lot of excitement around it, not knowing what we're going to see in those corn versus bean acres. And these, of course, the early estimates of what we could see. Well, remember, you know, uh, uh, acres times yield equals production, right? So it's a big number. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the exact number that we're going to have, but it's, a, it's an important starting point, and... Many, many major uh, volatile trading days have occurred around this report, Susan. In fact, I would argue quite a few limit up and limit down days have occurred around this report. It seems that somehow the market gets very surprised uh, with this report. We don't seem to get it right, and, and I, I would think tomorrow we're going to be surprised again. I, I would have a guess. So you think there's going to be some big surprises then? I do. I do. I, I, I think the market got comfortable uh, that soybean acres are going to be uh, up, and that you know maybe corn acres are going to be a little disappointing, um, and we might be surprised that it's exactly the opposite that the corn acres may be be much higher than the street is expecting, or that the analyst estimates are expecting, and uh, you know, and we may see uh, a big surprise there um, potentially. I that's what we're thinking. Our smart money algorithm, Susan, that we follow, that gives us a good read of what the Smart money's doing these markets have triggered a, a pretty meaningful uh, sell signal here this past week, um, suggesting that you know, they're expecting a bearish outcome. They're not always right, by the way, but but they're expecting a bearish outcome, and, they, and maybe they know something that we don't know. I mean, they have a way of finding out these things anecdotally uh, ahead of the report. So 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 we look at that, and, and it throws a caution that maybe the corn market you know should be more worried about downside price risks than than we've been led to believe. All right, we'll stick around, folks. More is coming up, including a listener question on the cash grain. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue to have the conversation this afternoon with Sean Hackett. He's with Hackett Financial Advisors. So before we jump to livestock, did have a listener question, and you and I kind of chatted about this before we started the program. We know that the cash on the corn is getting close to that $5 mark. Some are worried, including the gentleman that wanted me to ask you, could it go below $5? And if so, what is the bottom on this trade? Well, I mean, look, if we get out of the gate with good planting weather like we expect to see, and we got a big acreage number estimate tomorrow, um, and with the moisture we've had in March, I mean, we're going to have some unbelievably good-looking corn crop coming out of the ground in May. you know. And so, so when you look at that, you know, the buyer is probably taking care of things for, for right now, and if he thinks we have a big potential for the crop going forward, he's probably going to sit back and say, I've done enough for now. 
let's see, let's wait this out, and, and that very fact of pulling away from the market can drop that cash price under five. Um, you know, in terms of widening the cash basis on top of whatever whatever the futures might do on the decline. So for sure, you know, I think a sub five dollar cash market can be seen this spring. The way we see things playing out right now. Dollar trade. Uh, how much of an influence this week is it going to continue to be as it continues its push? You know, the dollar is also very, very important. We had a lot of lot of speculators came in late last year, Susan, on this what's called the inflation trade, right? Um, a lot of inflation trade, and all of a sudden this dollar started to rally. Um, we've seen the Brazilian real, you know, kind of cr- crash near the lows, and all this takes that inflation trade off and forces a lot of this hot money that came in to quickly go out. And so on the margin, you know, that is not helpful. Um, on top of it, it also, of course, makes our exports a little less competitive, especially when Brazil and South America are getting online to sell, you know, their fresh product to the marketplace. So it really is, is something that so long as this, you know, dollar, U.S. dollar continues to trend upward, it's going to be a major headwind for now. And, and we think it can continue for a while. We've been looking for a strong dollar since the beginning of the year. And, um, and we're certainly getting it right now. Let's jump over to the livestock side. And as I like to, I like to talk a little dairy with you. Uh, milk prices, they've seen some definite fluctuations lately. You know, dairy's in a good spot. You know, the U.S. government continues to buy cash, cheese, and, and kind of sop up any of the excess that we typically produce this time of the year. Um, on top of it, the rest of the world is dealing with a very, uh, a, a kind of a shortage in dairy. We have you know parabolic price increases in China, parabolic increases in GDT uh, auction prices, which is the international auction price for dairy. So we're pretty optimistic, you know, that prices can stay pretty firm here through a typically in the spring. Get over that cycle, and you know, we're we're pretty excited that prices you know may be able to considerably higher later in the year. Not because the government's buying it, just because the the rest of the world will need our products. So we. We think it's going to be a good year for dairy. You know, like I said, we they had a better go of it late last year, and we think this could be another good year to kind of rebuild the equity that was lost from some pretty brutal years there for a couple of uh, you know those tough years that um, that the virus and the trade were created. Which which is good because I think it has made some cattle producers nervous, knowing that if the dairy industry didn't have some good times, they were going to see a lot more cows move into market, which would have an effect on the beef price. Undoubtedly, I mean, right now the way things are, and we're, you know, we're building the herd and we're retaining those animals. We're just not going to see the kind of of uh, culling, uh, aggressive culling that you tend to see during stressful times. So, for sure, that takes on the margin some that supply off and keeps the cattle market more well bid than normal. So, so looking at this cattle market, what are your thoughts? I mean, we saw another day you know, of trade that saw some negatives, at least in the live cattle side. Certainly the cattle market's going to be very weary to do anything if it knows, you know, how the market's going to react, because obviously, you know, feed prices are so important to that. Overall, though, if we're correct that we're going to see overall weakness in feed prices into the spring, it's going to help cattle markets. It's going to help, uh, we think, prices head higher into more of a traditional, let's say, late April, you know, early May top. Um, you know, I think the, the June contract, you know, we're around that 122 and change, and you know, we, we see pretty good chart resistance starting at 125 to one, you know, that 125, 130 area. So we we think we're setting up for a pretty good cash marketing opportunity, and, and so we'd be looking for the next 30 to 45 days for a good window 
to be able to do that. Before we wrap up things here, what's on the radar for you, grain or livestock, at this moment? You know, I'd be very, wor- I'd be very, very worried about the hog market. I know everyone is really bullish. We got this big, you know, bullish pig report from the USDA. Um, you know, we've exceeded the 2011 highs marginally here, but we're really, really concerned that uh, you know, we're kind of reaching some kind of a really important top here. Our smart money algorithm is giving a good sell signal. The uh, best way for folks to get a hold of you. Our website is Hackett, E-T-T, advisors.com. Um, all kinds of things on there, interviews, sample reports to see what we do might be of value for your listeners. Well, thanks so much. Sean Hackett joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.